This is Wessler Media. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. So today on Your Next Step, we're talking about the key people in the Jesus story. Have you ever sat back and made a list of all the people that were instrumental in Jesus' birth and his life? Yes, we're in this time between, between Christmas and New Year's, and what do we talk about spiritually? Well, I think it's important for you and I to recognize that you're part of God's family, that when you became a Christian, you became a, a part of a family tree, a significant one. So what about Jesus' family? Well, think about the people that were into the, the angels. You have Zachariah and Elizabeth, his aunt and uncle. You, you have this cousin, John the Baptist, that wears camel hair and eats bugs. I mean, tell me, even Jesus' family tree is like yours and mine. We have some interesting people there. You have Joseph, you have Mary, but you also have the Holy Spirit. You know, this is what's available to you in the kingdom of God. Yes, you're probably going to get some crazy family members, and you may put Pastor Doyle at the top as that crazy family member. I don't know. It's okay. I know you still love me. But but what you and I want to see is that we're part of something significant that God has going on in this earth, and he's not done, and he's not done with you. Before we close out this year, I want to invite you. Maybe you want to come on New Year's Eve to the church next door and join us for our New Year's Eve prayer service. Check it out at thechurchnextdoor.org. And hey, I still want to ask you, if you have the ability to support your next step, we would really appreciate it. It will help us as we move into the new year to share the message of Jesus Christ and move people closer to God. God bless you. I'm Pastor Doyle. Thank you for being a part of this ministry and my life. Now, let's look at the key people in Jesus' birth and life. Today, I want us to talk about, because we've been in the midst of Christmas, many times we were asking, well, well what are we supposed to do after Christmas? Where do, where do we go from that? It's kind of like a, it's a sugar rush. It's a sugar high. I get that. All right. But where do we go from that? And I believe that we have to understand that if we have celebrated Christmas, that we have a new day. And so I would ask you, has a new day dawned on you? Do you think about your life from the perspective that I am a new creation, that I am a new individual because of the truth of who Jesus Christ is? Does it change the way you behave? Does it change the way you live? Does it change the way that you react to people? When a new day starts, you know that the old day is gone. And so the invitation of Jesus, the invitation of Christmas is to celebrate a new way of life. Dawn brings hope and first light. Dawn represents a new day, a new beginning. A dawn of ideas produces new direction and potential. So if you view your relationship with Jesus as a dawn of new ideas. Now, the problem that we have with this, some of us, some of us have been Christ followers for a couple of years, and that's being kind. And so we think, oh, well, another Christmas, another year, ho-hum. And I don't believe 
that uh, you need to necessarily believe that there's going to be some new revelation, all right, meaning that there's an addition to the Word of God, but I do believe that you, you do need to, to say, Lord, is there something about my relationship that needs to change? Every relationship has a depth, has an intensity to it. We have an opportunity to say, okay, I want to look at my relationship with God. I want to look at my relationship with the body of believers. I want to look at my, my life, and I want to see, God, is there something that is keeping me from knowing you in the way that you intended me to, all right? If there's something I'm missing out on. And, and so Jennifer and I, for many years, Christmas was the season when we had to travel to parents, and uh, we would always take this season, this season between Christmas and New Year's, and do a little evaluation. Where are we with our family? Where are we with God? Where are we with each other? Where are we in terms of what God has called us to, our calling in our life, okay? And, and we, we always tried to say, is there something that we need to, to fix, improve, adjust, uh, manage? And I would submit to you that just the rhythm of our culture okay? I really can't speak to other cultures, but I can tell you the rhythm of our culture kind of allows you some gaps in time between now and, and next weekend, all right? They give you, you get these gaps of time, you get these moments of silence, these moments of peace. Lean into those moments of peace prayerfully. Step before Jesus. Open up your scripture and say, okay, God, if, if this is a good season for me, to ask you for help. This is why our, our New Year's series, we're talking about it. It's going to be grow, all right? So uh, in, in a couple weeks, we're going to start, and we're going to talk about how can I intentionally grow? I mean, how many of you understand that if you want to have apples, you have to plant an apple tree, right? That's good. That's a major step because there's some people that think apples come from the grocery. If you want to have apples, if you, the fruit that you want to have in your life, okay, and God expects us to be fruitful. The, the Christ followers are supposed to exhibit the fruit of the Spirit. We're not supposed to dis display ungodly behavior. We're supposed to display the fruit of a Holy Spirit in our life, okay? So Christmas is about the arrival of Jesus the Messiah. He, his arrival gave us hope, the potential of a new life. The world was forever changed by God presenting himself. And what's interesting to me about the Christmas story is, is I love the fact that uh, the Messiah came wrapped in a family. Now, as dysfunctional as most of our families are, okay, and we need to be honest about that, all right? Can we be honest? If, if they've left, if they're sitting beside you, I'm sorry to bring it up, all right? Um, our families were not perfect but we still love them because we have shared history, we have shared memory, and we have shared DNA. To some extent, there's all these sharing levels. And the reason that Jesus came as a human being was so that we could know that we shared something common with our Creator. He, he's, he's telling us that we are valuable, that we are loved, and that God was intentional. 
And so God wants you and I to understand that. So when you read the gospel story in Luke's chapter 1 and 2, you find out that Jesus was fully human. And then when you look in Matthew chapter 1 and 2, you see his family tree, and you know that he was fully human because in there it lists all the rascals as well as the, the saints. And see, sometimes we have this imagination. I love it because people will tell me, well, I thought your life was perfect. And I'm like, wow, are you deceived? You know what I'm saying? Someone came up to me and said, I, I saw the shower in your mudroom. And I was like, you did? And I'm thinking, how do these people know the shower of my mudroom? And it had been posted somehow by my wife, apparently. <laughs> and so now, if you want to see the shower of my mudroom, you now know you can go online and see that, all right? And, and I don't know, I mean, I guess people thought I didn't get muddy, you know? I live on a farm, there is dirt, all right? If you come to my farm, you'll find out that two of my neighbors, one has a dairy farm, the other one has a pig farm. It does not smell like the city on many days at my house. I walk out the door and I'm like, that smells good to me. That does smell good to me, all right? I grew up on a farm, that is natural, all right? You need to know that is natural. If you like bacon, Someone's got to do it, all right? <laughs> if you don't like bacon, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you're kosher, I apologize. I've just offended you. You understand what I'm saying? See, life is messy. And, and every one of us, and one of the things that I love about Christmas, especially as my children grow up, the questions change, okay? When they were little, they ask certain questions about their aunts and uncles. Now they ask other questions about their aunts and uncles, right? You understand what I'm saying? And in your family, you have to mature enough that you can have the conversations and say, well, yeah, but do you understand why they do that and why they're this way? See, if you believe that there is such a thing as perfect people, you will stop caring about people who are imperfect. And see, you and I have to recognize that we are all in different stages of our spiritual maturity and our spiritual growth. I wish that everybody had perfect lives. I wish that, that nobody let anybody down. The reason Christmas is hard is some Christmases you spend alone. Some Christmases you don't. Some Christmases, you, you, you become aware of the losses that you've had because you've spent enough Christmases now. And see, Christmas reminds us that we are fully human as human beings. And some people, they want to pull back from God because humanity is messy. God didn't approach it that way. God approached it from the standpoint, humanity is messy. I'm going to step into the relationship. See, God leaned into a relationship with us because it was messy. And if your life is messy, lean into it, but take Jesus' hand in the process. Say, God, my family's a mess, and I need your help. How do I love them? How do I care for them? 
If your family is doing well, you need to lift your hands and praise God. Say, God, I thank you. We're in a good spot today. I remember when we weren't. And see, you can, and then, and maybe you can give encouragement in life to other people. All right. The reason I say that is one of the uniquenesses of Christianity is that we believe that God showed up in the flesh to be a part of the family of humanity, and he died on a cross for us to cure our sins and our brokenness. It's not about a list of things that we do right. It's not about the good that we are. It's about the good that he gave us, and it's about our ability to say yes to his grace and repent of relying on ourselves. Okay, so let's take just a moment and let's look at some of the key people in the story of Jesus' birth. We've probably talked about them, you've sung about them, you've heard about them on the radio uh, if you've listened to Christmas music, okay? So the key people in the story of Jesus' birth, well, first of all, is the angels. And the reason I put them in the category of people, I know that they are not people, all right? But these messengers show up in the form of humanity. And the reason God does that is because we need to hear in a form that we can understand. I'm sorry, but we all know if it showed up like E.T., we're going to freak out. And I mean, it's, it's why they're still making money off of extraterrestrials to this day. And God is smarter than Hollywood. That's all that tells you. God is smarter than Hollywood. And if you want to get a message across, don't send a text, don't send an email, don't make a phone call. Go personally and look somebody in the eye and say, I want you to know I love you. You're important to me. That's hard to deny. And that's what God did. God showed up so he could kiss us on the cheek. I mean, think about that. Don't you know there was a real blessing to being Mary? There was, it does not mean it wasn't hard. See, she had to view the cross from the foot of the cross of someone that she had cared for as dearly as a mother could. And the reason that's important is the people that believe that Christianity makes your life perfect and there'll never be anything, they're not looking at the real truth of the story. Life is messy because sin entered this world. Number two, King Herod of Judea. We even have an evil, power-mongering political force. That's all I'll say. Moving on. Zechariah and Elizabeth, the elderly couple that were without child, and yet God shows up and surprises them with a new opportunity in a future. A priest, no less. Cousin John the Baptist, the crazy kid that wore camel hair and ate bugs. Mary, the mother of Jesus, more than likely a teenager. Joseph, the man that had to reevaluate the relationship. I mean, think about that. Everything about this story puts it into, you probably have a family member that would have reacted like some of these folks, right? There you go. The Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit showed up in such a tangible form that multiple people recognized that it was God speaking to them. Do you welcome the Holy Spirit? 
Do you have an attitude? God, I pray that you would speak to me, that you would make your, your holy presence so real. You can speak to me through a dream, God. You can, you can bring your scriptures alive to me. God, you can, you can just whisper in my ear. I want you to know, God, I give you permission to speak to me. Now, we are not asking you to ask God for a new revelation and throw the Bible to the side and act like you don't care about. No, no. If the Holy Spirit comes to you, anything that he tells you will line up with Scripture. If it tells you to stomp your neighbor's toe, it's not the Holy Spirit. That's an unkind spirit, and it's probably probably something deep within you and not the Holy Spirit. That's all I'm going to say. All right. The wise men from the east, I love that. It brings people from every background in, the shepherds. I think of them as the, the people that work at night, the people that work outside, the people that are doing the dirty jobs, micro, all right? When you think of shepherds, think of micro, the dirty jobs guy. And then, of course, Jesus. Now, there's other figures. There's Anna and Simeon at the temple on the eighth day. And, and they, they're these elderly people of prayer that have been praying about the things of God. I mean, we could go on, but I want you to see that God works among humanity. And as you do that, say, God what part do you want me to play? Do you want to be an Anna? Do you want to be a Simeon? Do you want to be a John the Baptist? Do you want to be somebody that takes a, a key significant role in the things that God is doing in the earth? I do not want to be sit, sitting in, in the bleachers for the rest of my life I want to be as up close, as, as personal as God will let me be to the things that he's doing in the earth. And see, that's the invitation of Christmas. God gets into the nitty-gritty of life, and he cares about people. He The different ages of the people that are involved, it's amazing. God works in the womb. God works all through the stages of life. No one is more valuable or less. I love everything about it. So some observations from Luke chapter 2, all right? Mary was troubled and afraid. Luke chapter 1, 29 and 30. Mary was great, greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. I just want to begin by saying it's okay to be afraid at times. but you don't have to live in fear or anxiousness. I have a concern right now that there are too many people that live their life on pins and needles under what I would call is a spirit of anxiety. I'm not saying it's a demonic force. I'm saying it's, a, it's an attitude. And within their spirit, they go around every day anxious. We have way too many people who are trying to cure their own spirit of anxiety through chemical means, whether that's pot or Jack Daniels or you, you, you understand, right? We, we, we are trying to cure our anxiety by leaving our TV on all night long. Now, what I'm saying about this is that Mary was anxious 
But she said no to the anxiety and yes to the, the angel that was speaking to her. She said yes to the Spirit of God that was moving within her life, and the anxiety left. And if you want to be free of your anxiety, you have to say yes to the Lord. In Timothy, it says that uh, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and a sound mind. And so you have to say, Lord, I want to have your Holy Spirit, because with it will come peace and a sound mind. And I say no to the voices of this world that want to make me anxious, okay? And, and you have to say no to it and, and choose that. That being said, you need to know not all fear is bad. If you hear a train, you need to look up and get out of the way. You understand? See, so... Some people want to act as though we think that fear is bad and you shouldn't be afraid of anything. No. If you're standing on the edge of a very tall building, you should be afraid of gravity. It's real. You can't see it, but it exists. Okay? And so we're not being... Okay? Number two, sometimes God appears to be interrupting us. Matthew 1.18. This is how the birth of Jesus came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. You know, you can have your wedding plans, and God can still show up. And, and see, sometimes I, I'm a bad person. I get irritated when the phone rings because it's interrupting me. I'm thinking, how does this person not know? They don't know because they're on the other end of the line, okay? Okay. And yet, I, I, I like what I'm doing. I'm into it and I'm focused. And I think that's what we do to God. We have our agenda. I'm heading to work today. And God says, I would like for you to slow down and pray on your way into work today. You're like, well, God, I was, I was listening to the radio. I was having fun. Most of the things that God invites you to will interrupt your agenda. Because your agenda is not necessarily established by him. Now, when you learn, and I don't always do this, so I'm not telling you I do, all right? I just told you I was not perfect, all right? When you get to a certain point, you can start saying, Lord, what's the agenda for the day? And I believe that through your, your Bible reading, your prayer, your, your, your spending time with him, you can begin to recognize what God wants you to do before the day begins and you don't have to be interrupted as much but the reason he has to interrupt us is because we've set the agenda and we've never asked him to the table when we're looking at the agenda for today start inviting him to that lean into God's way lean into saying okay God uh, what is it you want me to do today miss part of the show today and want to hear more well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. What I love about prayer is this, that you and I touch eternity, that we step into the throne room of God. We go to heaven, so to speak, in the sense that our voice reaches heaven, but it impacts earth. 
That's amazing. So let's do that right now. You know, every day we like to pray. So today, let's pray for our lawgivers and legislators. Lord, we continue to pray today about our nation and the world because you told us to pray for people in leadership and those in authority. Today, we want to focus our energy in prayer on people that make laws, individuals that legislate. God, we, we live under a system where people are writing the laws and they do that and many times they don't agree. And sometimes they come up with laws that just don't work because they're trying to agree. And so, Lord, we pray that you would keep them from making laws that are ineffective or unhelpful. But God, you would create wisdom and unity around laws that would bring about peace and life that people might grow. And Lord, we pray that they would write laws in ways which they could be understood by the people that have to live under them. Lord, you understand law. You are the giver of law. You said it's it's not good for us to covet what another person has. That's part of your law. And, and we have law givers and, and leaders that need to know how to write legislation that is helpful. May they write less verbose legislation that is unhelpful. And may they write concise, good things that bring life. Jesus, you said the law brings life. You said that you didn't want to take away from the law of God. And so we pray that as they write laws, it might begin to reflect your morality, God, that it would it would make us into a people that would be able to follow you, bring the end to laws that are harming us. In Jesus' name, Lord, help the lawgivers and legislators. You know, I know I know that that prayer was good and that you were part of that. But I want to take you to the next step because that's what we're all about here, right? So would you go to yournextstepnow.com? That's our website. And give us your email address. And we're going to give you our ebook. It's a prayer guide. This month, it's free. Know that it's free. It's not going to cost you. You just have to give me your email address. And then you and I can become prayer partners for the ministry. I need you to pray with me and agree with me. Our world needs revival. We need you to become a prayer partner. This community needs you. So go to yournextstepnow.com, give us your email address, and get your free prayer guide ebook today. This has been Your Next Step, a ministry of the Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, look for Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at the church next door. Easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for your next step. I believe you're going to find people that have a genuine love for God and a genuine zeal for the truth. You don't have to dress super fancy. It's so lively and it's so much fun and just you leave like, oh, so refreshed. And I know I keep saying family, but that's what this place is for me. It's family. I'm Doyle Jackson, pastor of the church next door. People keep telling me how good it is to worship God together again. Well, come join us. Visit us online at thechurchnextdoor.org. Stories are a way we relate to one another. It's hard to underestimate their importance. Wessler Media is here to help you preserve those stories that you hold dear. 
We'll produce a personal podcast, an audio scrapbook that will preserve those memories for generations to come. Get in touch today. Call toll-free or text 1-833-38-STORY, 1-833-38-STORY, or visit wesslermedia.com. That's W-E-S-S-L-E-R media.com. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-Media.com.